world of e-commerce can be tricky, and that's why you need the experts to help take you to the next level. This is Delivering E-Commerce. Delivering E-Commerce. You'll hear from leaders and industry experts from around the globe, letting you in on their stories and journeys. Your host has 25 years in the retail industry and has been leading the strategy and development of e-commerce sites for 17 years, working with Walmart, Newegg, Big Al's, Rins Pets, and Home Hardware. We think he may be qualified. This is Delivering E-Commerce. And this is Chris Parsons. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Delivering E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chris Parsons, and I'm excited today to bring to you uh, my friend and guest, Joseph McConnellog. And welcome, Joseph. It's really nice to have you here with us today. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for having me on. Congratulations on, on the new podcast. This is very exciting. Yeah, and I really greatly appreciate you being the first person on the show. Hopefully, there's many more and you'll be on many more times. Give the audience a, a, some breadth and depth about yourself, um, not only from your work experience, but overall who you are, um, what did you want to be when you grew up, and how did you, how'd you end up where you are today? So let's start there, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah, so I think uh, most importantly, uh, I am a, a husband and father of, of three kids. I've got three kids under seven. Uh, my son is seven. I've got a daughter that's five and a half and another daughter that's two and a half. You're so you're not only hear, a father, you're a hero. Yeah, no kidding, right? I try to be, I try to be. You may hear some screaming in the background. That's that's all it is. They're just having fun. From a career standpoint, you know, this is this is my 20th year in digital advertising. I just celebrated my 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 20th anniversary. Um, I started way back doing graphic design and web design um, and and kind of evolved away from you know developing websites and moving more towards driving traffic to them. And then Google Ads came out. And, and I got, became obsessed with Google ads. And then Facebook came, became a huge thing. I got obsessed with Facebook ads. And that's kind of progressed on every every two or three years. I feel like I'm adding on um, a different skill set. And now over 20 years, I've been able to uh, build my career through you know large agency holding companies like WPP and IPG. Um, and now I'm off uh, on my own uh, with my own e-commerce consultancy, e-commerce focused consultancy around to digital. So as you grew in your career, what were some of the things that you, you know, you you had a passion for and you had to give up in order to make it to the next level? And you wish, hey, I wish I would have could still do some of those things today. Yeah. So so it's interesting for me is you know with a lot of my experience, I was lucky enough that I could you know develop as a craft expert, right? So um, I was able to in my career spend a lot of time in platform. Right. So whether it was Google ads or Facebook ads manager or within, you know, affiliate channels or feed management platforms, I spent a lot of my career in those platforms, getting to know how to pull the levers, essentially. Right. So thinking about things beyond just the strategy and the theory of it, but actually getting that practical um, experience. Right. And even today, like getting into into those accounts is, is fun and exciting for me. So take 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 me to what are those levers? What are some of those levers that you would pull? Well, you know, if, if I think about, um, you know, let's 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 focus in on e-commerce, for example, right? You know, a, a lot of our clients are selling direct to consumers, so they're selling on their own, you know, their own platforms essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, even being able to get in and, and take a look at how a product feed is performing, 
how are we getting that product feed from you know from homehardware.ca for example into all into Facebook or into Google or into your affiliate channels, right? right? Being able to have that middle point with a feedernomics or a similar tool, be able to get in there and make tweaks and and push those out to the platforms is incredibly um, satisfying for me, at least. Yeah, it's funny. I don't spend too much time in the platforms, but enough that I can you know keep up with it. Right. So, Understood. You mentioned feedernomics. I've used them a couple of times now, and uh, you can either use them to to scrape your site or you can get the uh, the the total integration. Uh, what I find though <clears throat> is in retail, we still have a lot of legacy systems and um, those systems don't have a lot of great content to feed these guys. And, and hopefully, I mean, you're in the U S so maybe it's uh, a little bit more progressed in, in Canada. I still find a lot of our, our retailers and our legacy systems. We're still fighting to get that good content um, being extracted so we can feed those affiliate networks and, and publishing websites. How do you find it in, in the U S it's the same. It's exactly the same. It's the like it's the battles that you just described in Canada, the same battles that, you know, we we have in the US, right? And and as a as a Canadian expat, I've only been in in the US for 5 years, so I'm very familiar with the Canadian challenges and now very familiar with the US challenges as well, but you know, it's important, you know, for for any e-commerce client that's selling direct to consumer or even through e-retailers, right? If you're using a PIMS or a Salsify or something along those lines, it's incredibly important to have that middle step, something between your site and the platforms that you're using to generate demand. Mm-hmm. So you can optimize that content and make sure that it's it's appropriate for all the channels that you're you're using. And you're familiar with the term of A plus content, obviously, and you know how Amazon has really digged their teeth into or dug their teeth into that. Um, from a from an other from other retailers and your clients, how do you get them to engage and really support that concept of of driving good content and putting that value into the content. A lot of people think you just put up a website and all of a sudden people will find your products. But, you know, if the content is not there and they can't research and they can't, you know, they already lose the touch and feel of a product. If that content is not strong online, how do you, how do you get a retailer to really buy into that concept? Cause it's costly. It, it can be costly for sure. You're right. Um, and, you know, I think there are numerous case studies, right, from, um, you know, for, from our own clients or, or, you know, Profitero or, you know, a number of different Salsify, like there's there's case studies galore that show the, the value when you have um, improved product detail page content, whether that's traditional text or images or right through to A plus content, right? right. But what we always suggest is let's start small, start a test, pick a handful of, of priority SKUs and, and see what can be done to create those. Because normally what we see is if the A-plus content is strong, then we'll see that, that, that progression in conversion rate, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's paying for itself, which it probably will if the content is good, mm-hmm. um, then that's when you can start expanding the program out. Uh, I love how you said let's break it down into let's start small. Um, you know, 80, 20 rule is so true in retail of 20 to 20% of those items doing 80% of your volume. Sure. <clears throat> so let's, let's start on those and get those right. Smart move. When you meet with clients today, what I find with uh, <clears throat> agencies and consultants, they come in with a solution in mind and they present that solution, even though they haven't qualified and understood from a retail perspective, um, what you really truly need. Um, they kind of make it as a, it's a one size fits all. And it's, you know, a lot of times I tell my team when they're when they're talking to an agency for the first time or or any any provider that can 
offer some help is to make sure you have a, a 15, 20 minute qualifying meeting to really let that partner understand where we're at in our maturity. So then they can come back with thoughtful recommendations. How do you approach it? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely bang on, right? Um, certainly, you know, there's, there's a lot of pre preconceived notions in the industry, right? That, that one size fits all or that one strategy is going to work. Um, and we know that's not the case, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, you, you have to think about things strategically, right? And, and in order to be able to do that, you have to ask the right questions, right? You have to ask, you have to understand, you know, where a brand is today, why they're there today, understand where they want to go in the future. And that's going to help determine how to build out the plan, the roadmap to get there, right? Identifying the priorities, um, you know, building, ultimately building that roadmap to success. But there's a process that you have to go through. You can't just walk in and say, this is our way of how we do things. It's going to work for you because it's probably not going to be true. Mm-hmm. 100%. And earlier when we were chatting last week, uh, you talked about, <clears throat> um, you know, putting your money where your mouth is, right? Like, or, like putting the proof there and saying, you know, what, we're going to deliver. And um, from from your business, you, you say it's based on actual results. Uh, talk, talk to me about that, because I think that's so important. A lot of times when I'm working with an agency, they'll promise me a 35% lift on my conversion or X amount more traffic. And then when it doesn't happen, there's no accountability. And it's to me, it's a partnership. And if I'm going to grow with you, we need to drive results together. And it's not just about the promise that you made me six months ago when we kicked off the project. It's about what are we delivering together so we can then double down the next time. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, at round two digital, like everything that we do, um, every every agreement that we have with our clients has some sort of pay for performance element to it, right? That's That's part of our culture. It's part of you know, it, it's, you know, growing up in, in within WPP and IPG, that was always something that was discussed, but it was very hard to get past the line, right? So legal teams, procurement teams, um, they would be very much against pay for performance modeling because it's, it's, it's difficult to project, right? They, procurement teams have a difficult time projecting those things, right? Um, but for us, I mean, what we're able to do is it's exactly like you said a few minutes ago, right? It's, you know, coming in and, and really being able to analyze where a brand is today and understand, you know, what is the real potential upside there? Mm-hmm. Right? And if a brand is doing a fantastic job, then maybe there isn't a ton of potential upside there, right? But if a brand, you know, if you're able to go through and audit and analyze all the different channels that are impacting e-commerce, then you should be able to say, this is how strong you are in this channel in paid search and in paid social and feed management and e-retail and in display and video and so on and say, we think that there's 5% here. We think that there's 25% there. We go through a full audit, right? Essentially an assessment to determine where the brand is today versus where we think we can take them. And then we structure a pay for performance deal that's based on those numbers, right? So we have to be realistic about it, but we're putting our skin in the game knowing that, you know, our performance is tied to the actual performance of our clients. Yeah, that's great. I mean, whenever I hear uh, an agency, a consultant team willing to do that, to me, it gives me more confidence that they're a true partner and they're just not wanting to get that sales pitch, get that first contract. And then by in the background, they're working on their next client. They really want to partner with you and take care of you and 
and grow over the years. So that's that's good. Good on you. I appreciate you telling that story. Um, now let's get back into your earlier years, or you know, maybe it's even more recent than than when you first started out. I've I've definitely had many failures in my career um, that I've learned from. What in your career or just life in general would you say has been your biggest failure uh, to date? I would say professionally, we'll stick with professionally for sure. Um, I would say the biggest failure is I I remember this very clearly. My early days at, at at IPG, I was it was probably 2011 or 2012. You know, our team was growing like crazy, right? Um, and we were looking for uh, a, a particular team lead for one of our you know new new divisions that we were launching. Um, and it was we were in a pretty desperate need to fill this position. And I was still pretty young in my career, right? Um, I'd been in the industry a long time, but I started very young, so I was still very young in my career ultimately. Um, but I I pulled I pulled the trigger on hiring someone that I shouldn't have, right? Someone that I thought was you know a good fit would probably be able to solve the immediate needs that we have, but there might be some longer term consequences there or challenges. And that I, I hired this person, and it was to this day my biggest failure, my biggest regret, because um, it made for a lot of really uncomfortable situations. And I would encourage everyone that's listening to this podcast to do not make that same mistake. Take your time hiring, Chris. I'm sure you're hiring for people right now. Um, don't rush it. <clears throat> yeah. Don't rush it. If the, if if the if you feel like this person cannot walk out your door without you giving them a job offer, they're probably not the right person for that role. We're we're definitely hiring. We've grown from about uh, eight a team of eight when I started to I think we're closing in on on thirty. Wow! <laughs> and today, actually, funny enough that we're doing this today. Today is my two year anniversary here. So, Congrats! Um, yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's it's flown by, and I joked because I've been working uh, here at Home Hardware for um, the two years, but I've actually been in working here in a COVID environment longer than I was in a normal retail environment. So wow. I don't know what a normal home hardware environment really is because <laughs> it's been pivot, pivot change um, over and over again. So it's, it'll be interesting when, when and if we get out of this COVID in the next six months, year, perhaps um, how things will, will be for us. But uh, it's been, I've been really fortunate to be here. That's for sure. Um, let's get into I know this audience is is all ranges of of talent. We've got people that are going to be watching and listening to us that are, you know, very green, um, just starting out. And then we have, you know, a lot of great experts. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be connected to some of the the great leaders in in especially the Canadian market for sure. Um, but I would love for you to share with an audience any key learnings or best practices that you can you can really give some nuggets and I don't want you to give your secret sauce away. I won't ask anyone to do that. And even, even I got to make sure that I don't share too much, but at the same time, let's, let's help some of these other folks out that um, could, could learn from your experience. Yeah. I think, you know, first and foremost, I'm an, I'm an open book. So if anyone is listening to this and they want to reach out, please, please do DM me. Um, I'm on Instagram, joseph.mcc. I'm on LinkedIn you can reach out to me at joseph at round2digital.com. Um, feel free to, to reach out. Uh, but I think, you know, in terms of advice, you know, when I think about my career, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm a channel expert in, 
you know, multiple channels, right? When it comes to e-commerce, the challenge with e-commerce is it touches every channel, right? Like there's a paid search strategy, there's a paid social strategy, there's an affiliate strategy, display, SEO. Like I was lucky in my career that, you know, I was given a lot of opportunities to expand, right? So I started as graphic designer, right? I didn't have to stay a graphic designer my entire life, but I was given an opportunity to check out this Google Ads AdWords thing that came out um, in the early 2000s. And that became another focus of mine, right? And then, you know, with, you know, our, our my friend Jeff Lancaster um, mm-hmm. at LinkedIn, you know, when we were at, at Outrider 24-7 in, in WPP together, he gave me the opportunity to, you know, take on social work, right? So I've been given a lot of these opportunities to learn more and to take on new things, right? And I never said no to any of them. Right. And this, to this day, I mean, it's so many terrifying moments in my career where I was coming into something that I had no idea about, right? And had to essentially learn learn it all from a lot of times an industry that didn't necessarily exist yet, right? Or wasn't, there wasn't training materials where you could go. So you had to theoretically learn it, but also practically learn it. So I would say when given the opportunity, take the opportunity and, and run with it as, as, as hard as you can. Yeah, I like that advice to run with it hard as you can. I think to <clears throat> to add some kind of a wish list for anyone that takes on new stuff is to take the time and try. Like if you're going to take on a role, own the role. Learn it yourself. Don't rely on others to just give you all the answers. Go and read books. Go and talk to mentors and, and other people in the network about it. If you're just going to go to your boss and ask questions nonstop, that boss might as well do the work for you. So, you know, one thing I'll share a quick story about myself. I know I really want to dive into you, but when I started out in e-commerce with Walmart, um, I literally walked into a, a meeting late and they said, Hey, do you want to take on building us a website? And, um, what from there I flew to Bentonville with a book in my hand, HTML for dummies. And I didn't even know how to code. I had no clue what a website was. I knew what Merck, which was, which was a chat network back then. Uh, MIRC and I yep. used that and that was the extent of my knowledge of online and I flew down for a weekend I read HTML for dummies I got Dreamweaver installed on my computer and came back and started figuring out how to code and I'll tell a further story with uh, another gentleman that I'm going to have on the show Raheem uh, Raheem was working for a company called Crosscap and uh, he actually took time out of his day to help me learn how to code so he was very influential in my in my career, but it was finding no one at Walmart at the time knew how to code, and maybe Christian Harrison on on the intra intranet that he was doing, he was a big supporter of mine as well. But there was nobody doing e-commerce at, at Walmart Canada, and like I couldn't go to my boss and say, "Hey, how do I do this?" It was go figure it out. Yeah. So it's nice not to have that sink or swim environment anymore, but. Also, I do think that people learn a lot more by actioning stuff themselves. So uh, that would be my advice to folks is to just just get into it. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Absolutely. And I I still think there's, you know, there's a lot of these opportunities that are popping up still to this day, right? Like they're not necessarily new channels, but TikTok, for example, is is, is an enormous up and coming channel, right? Right. Um, Live e-commerce, right? Live commerce is another up and coming channel. So there's there's. They're not as, you know, enormous as they used to be, but there's still these opportunities to come in and learn 
um, and, and take it on, right? Take on that challenge. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we throw the term around all the time here, um, omni-channel or integrated retailer. And I don't think anyone's figured that out yet. Like we know in concept what we want it to be and how we want to be customer centric and make it easy for them to, to shop. But uh, I don't think anyone's really got a great handle on what truly omni-channel means. And uh, I would encourage anyone to start looking at tactics that would provide a consumer that omni experience, and especially coming out of COVID, uh, the, the amount of people that didn't shop online and now are online shoppers um, there. I said the other day, there's a term I started using is consumers are now going to be a blended shopper. They're going to want to be able to shop online on their mobile device in store. And now they've had exposure to all of them. So we have to be ready to let them shop one day in store, one day on their mobile device, depending on their needs. And, you know, everyone still likes to interact at store level. So you got to make sure that story is told across all of those different devices or, or in store as well in your career. I mean, you reminded me that we had a meeting back in the two thousands. Who, who are else, who else is some of the, the folks in e-commerce that you've had the opportunity to engage with and who are some of the, you know, mentors or leaders that you would encourage on, on LinkedIn for the audience, if they're not connected to them to connect to. You know, some of the folks that uh, that I really uh, admire and, and follow regularly, I think there's a few people. One of them is, uh, my favorite is Benjamin. I can't pronounce his last name, but it's, I think it's Hennigens. He's an associate director of commerce at Spark Foundry. He's fantastic. He's sharing content um, every single day. One of my favorites is actually one of the retail transformation um Experts here, based here in Chicago, actually, he's another Canadian expat. His name is Jim Okamura. He he sits on he sits on a, a foundation oh, called Yeah Global E-commerce Leaders Forum. So GELF uh, is yeah. their acronym. Jim Okamura, follow him. He's constantly sharing great info. He's he's setting up webcasts like probably once a month or so, um, but they're always really great to tune into. And well. Jim is one of the most genuine. Uh, he is just a delight to sit down. I had. I had the luxury of going to Gilf and speaking there one time in New York City. Yeah, and, uh, we went to a whiskey bar and had dinner on our first night um, at the whiskey bar, and um, I was I was actually exposed to Nutella on pizza, which is a pretty cool treat. But Jim and and that whole group were just true gentlemen. They are so they have so much knowledge about not only North America, but obviously with the name of it globally. Um, they are, they're fantastic folks to, to be with and around. Yeah, they are. Uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to come across, uh, people like Jim. You don't, you don't meet people like Jim very often. Uh, but he's been, you know, a huge advocate of of mine as well, especially as, as I've kind of grown my consultancy here in Chicago. That's great. great. Good call out. He's a, he's a good one. That's for sure. Um, totally. I think you had some questions for me as well. Yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to, you know, I'd love to to hear a little bit about, you know, your background as well cuz I know you've yes, you've been with with, you know, home hardware for a couple of years. You spent a lot of time with Walmart during, you know, an incredibly transformative time. Uh, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, your time at Renz. I'd love to hear a bit more about your time at 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 uh Al's, Big Al's and and yeah. Yeah, Big Al's was was great opportunity for me. Um, the Saul family was so generous um, and took a lot of time allowing me to come in and, and launch their e-commerce platform. They already had a pl- platform, but take it to another level. And 
Uh, we worked on launching it in the U.S. and um, the aquatics industry was was interesting. And and I will say that um, two people that really three people that stand out was uh, Matt. He's he's over there running their e-commerce platform right now. But Thomas and Brian, um, I don't know if you've ever been on the Big Al's YouTube channel. These guys when we when I started there. Um, Thomas was in customer service. He took on this extra responsibility talking about a guy that just took a leap of faith and tried something. He, he did all of their videos. They're basically here's how videos um, and would do live streams like this with suppliers. And uh, those guys really took it to another level, Brian and Thomas, and they really impressed me. Um, actually, kind of I was talking to Brian the other night about me doing this is kind of because I saw what they were doing and accomplishing and how important this type of vehicle and venue is for, for people to interact, which um, yeah. So I give them kudos for that. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to um, take a, a, a role when I left um, big Al's, it was to take on an opportunity to create a brand for the first time. Like I've been really lucky in my career to work with some well-established brands, like launching e-commerce for Walmart was exciting. And one of the most rewarding things, cause I took it from zero to, launching a full ship to home solution um, and it was successful right away but it was walmart and i didn't know if i could replicate that um, on my own uh, without the big brand behind me so i actually had a chance to go to newegg.com uh, launched newegg.com in canada and launched eight other countries which was great but big owls was a, a significant challenge for me and then to create a new brand tidyliving.com um, was was really thrilling because it was uh out of the U.S., uh, out of the U.S., and they manufactured in Shenzhen, China. Uh, so it was a really good exposure for me to go and travel uh, a lot. <laughs> and uh, it was it was just it was great to be able to. And we focused on a lot of blogs, how tos, and created content. And it was really great for me to go back grassroots and start over again. And then I think it just made me stronger. So then when I finally had to leave there, just the travel became too much. Um, came back into a focus that retail for um, for Renz. Renz was Renz was short lived for me, and it was it was a tough, very tough decision to leave Renz. And the only reason I did was it was home hardware knocking on my door. Um, and I was very fortunate to have an iconic company like this um, trying to to bring me over and be part of this transformation that they're going through. Um, I felt. You know, when I was with with Renz, we were on a great path of success. They're opening up stores like crazy. Scott and the team are amazing. Um, some of the best people I've ever worked with. And it broke my heart to be able to go into them and give them my notice, um, but which left them in a bad spot. I think now they're better off because of it. They've got some great people over there. And um, but at the time, it was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had to have. It's one thing leaving a company because you're not happy with your boss. You're not happy with your, your trajectory on growth. But to leave a company that you actually love and respect everybody there was such an emotional. And I didn't show it to them, but inside to me, it was such an emotional um, conflict. And um, But I know I made the right decision for me because um, I'm here. We're doing some amazing things with home hardware. And... Uh, you know, you don't. You only get so many opportunities to come and launch, ship the home now in Canada because it's kind of table stakes for everyone. But to be able to do that for an iconic brand like Home Hardware, there is no way I could turn that down. I'm 
I'm very fortunate to be here. Um, and I'm very fortunate they're, they've agreed to let me do my own podcast and, you know, grow my personal brand as well. So, um, yeah, I've, you know, I've had a, the luxury of having a lot of great mentors and a lot of great people in my career that just have been so supportive. And, and I think, you know, I hope that others have the luxury of finding great people to work with and that will be just as supportive because you really do need those breaks in your career. You can be passionate. Like I am passionate. I work hard. I, I don't even know how many times I will work throughout a weekend and evenings. And, um, but it's, you also do need those breaks in your career and have some of those mentors to, to take you under the wing who in your career has been inspiring to you and, and really supported your growth. I've had, I've had, I've been lucky. I've had some of the best um, mentors that anyone could ever wish for, right? I think, you know, s- certainly from, certainly from my early days, uh, you know, very famous Canadian digital marketer, Jeff Lancaster was, um, you know, he, yeah. he was my boss for many years of my early career, right? And he, he taught me a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of very valuable um, piece of insight, right? So he was an incredible mentor for me. Um, I also had, Someone like Harvey Carroll, who was the CEO, you know, the Canadian CEO of IPG Media Brands, yeah. I reported directly into as well. Long tenured at Labatt, he's now at Figure. Um, he was an incredible advisor and mentor to this day. Someone I tap into on a regular basis, uh, and also Tim Ringle. So Tim Ringle was the global CEO uh, of Reprise at IPG when I was there. Uh, he's now global CEO at Spring Studios sits on a number of, of boards. He's been, you know, an, an incredible advisor um, to me, even with my business now. I mean, you know, we, we probably connect every few weeks um, as he continues to kind of guide me and give me advice uh, on my career. I think it's incredibly important to identify those people and, you know, show the initiative to connect with those people and stay connected with those people because every conversation you have with them, you're walking away with something valuable that you didn't know before. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I've been yeah. fortunate with my mentors as well. You know, Lou Pume, um, Tony Fanson at Walmart to, you know, even today I report into Rob Wallace, um, VP of marketing. And it's not the mentorship on the e-commerce side, but it's the mentorship from just being a true professional, um, how to make sure you are respectful. And I watch him and how he carries himself. And it's just observing guys that are just true gentlemen in the industry um, and learning, learning from just observing is, is I've been fortunate just to be around some great people. And, you know, even when I go and I think about going to e-tail and some of those conferences and, you know, networking with a tan beer um, or, you know, seeing folks like Tara, who's over at the, the source, like just, there's so many great people in here. And if you, if you can reach, have the courage to just reach out to them and connect and, once a quarter, have a conversation with these folks, they're, they'll change your career for sure. Absolutely. I've had a great time. I see we've been doing this for a while now. So um, hopefully everyone else is still tuned in and uh, has enjoyed it as much as I have. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. If you have any parting words, anything that you would like to say again, you, you mentioned how to connect with you, but it's worth repeating. Yeah, if anyone, I mean, I'd love to connect. Again, I'm an open book. Um, you know, I love connecting with folks and, and taking what's in my brain and, and sharing it out. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can reach out to me. My handle on Instagram is uh, joseph.mcc, uh, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just Google my name. It's in the description. 
Um, or you can email me at joseph at round2digital.com. Fantastic. Thanks, Joseph. I really appreciate it. Matt LeBeau is going to be our next guest. He is um, just another true gentleman in the industry. And um, people are going to learn a lot from what he's doing. He's uh, He's got his own company. He's doing sales and marketing. And he's he's really he's really ramped it up over the last couple of years. So look forward to that conversation. If there's anything that our audience wants to hear from us, please get back to me. Let me know who you're thinking of, who I should uh, have conversations with, what uh, key takeaways you're looking for, whether it's about email, SEO, whatever the topic is, I'll work on it. I've been fortunate enough when I launched Walmart's website to literally work on every aspect of e-commerce from logistics to development, marketing, email, not too many guys in the industry get to do all of those things. Some of us become experts on one thing, but I was really, really lucky to be able to touch on every element of e-commerce. So whatever you want to know, let me know and we'll get the right guests to help you out. Thanks, Joseph. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. It's a lot of fun. You've been listening to Delivering E-Commerce. It's our passion to have on leaders and suppliers in e-commerce from around the globe, setting you and your strategy up for the next level. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with Chris on LinkedIn at Chris Parsons, on YouTube at Chris Parsons Delivering E-Commerce, and on Twitch at Chris Parsons 1976. Till next time, this is Delivering E-Commerce.